afford to be here. This is small town music. This is big town music. He's ahead of his time, you know, but he can't use it. If only he could prove it. Well, tomorrow's just a song away, a song away, a song away. Hey everybody, welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis. And I'm Kyle Dotson. Kyle, you just had a birthday. I did. Just uh, Friday. We're recording on Sunday. You had a birthday Friday. I did. 29 years old. Mm-hmm. 29. Did you have a good birthday? I did. Yeah. What'd you do? Went over to your house, ate cupcakes, <laughs> watched Planet of the Apes. Yep, that's what we did. Yeah. And uh, you got some presents? I did. All right. That's all I want to talk to you. Uh, that's all the more I'm talking to that's you tonight, fine. Kyle, because we have, a, we have a guest in the seat tonight. Okay, so before we start, I'm going to throw it over to the booth, and we're going to hear West Anthony do his thing, and he's going to promote the Shure SM7B microphones. West, take it away. This episode of the Rock Solid Podcast is brought to you by Shure, the company behind some of the world's most iconic microphones, earphones, and audio products including the legendary SM7B mic that we use to record rock solid. The SM7B offers perfect response for music and speech in all professional audio applications. Used to record Michael Jackson's Thriller album, engineers and artists continue to choose the SM7B for warm and rich vocals. And it also shines on just about anything you put through it, such as guitar, bass, kick drum, horns, and even as a hi-hat mic. For 93 years, Shure has been the go-to company for roadworthy superior sound. Every member of the Rock Solid Podcast is proud to use the SM7B microphone because we care about bringing our listeners the best sound possible. All right. Thank you, uh, West Anthony and Steve-O Dockerson over there in the booth. This is this gentleman. Uh, if you had a radio when I was growing up, mm-hmm. or if you had MTV, for God's sake, you knew this guy. You knew his band. This is Jack Russell from, uh, from Jack Russell's Great White. But as I like to call him, he is the voice of Great White. Hello, Jack. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me here. It's a pleasure. Well, thank you for giving us your Sunday night. As I, as I told you out in the, uh, in the driveway uh, before you walked in, I appreciate it. Uh, and uh, thanks to your, your man, Robbie, for helping me set this up. He was uh, great to deal with. Thank you. Yeah, Rob is a great guy, and I, I appreciate you having me on the show. It means a lot. Uh, we're, you're here tonight because you had, a, you had a fantastic album come out last year, and I, uh, I wanted to have you on last year, and it just didn't happen. No fault of yours. It was just, uh, just fell through the cracks on my end. But you have a, you have a new album out. This is your newest music in a, in a while. It's, uh, the album's called He Saw It Coming. And let's hear a little bit of this to start. Let's hear the first track of the album. Let's hear Sign of the Times. Oh 
What a great tune. Thank you. That's the way you kick off an album. I appreciate that. Thank you. I really uh, enjoy that song a lot. You know, I hate to pat myself on the back, but it's a good one. <laughs> the, vo- uh, the voice hasn't lo- lost, a, lost a second. It sounds terrific. You know, I, I, I take my voice very seriously, and I've taken, I took lessons for over 30 years. Um, there came a time where my teacher told me, he said, look, you know, uh, it was kind of like that grasshopper moment, right? <laughs> you know, you've taken the pebble from my hand. Um, you told me I've, te- I've taught you everything I can teach you, and now it's time for you to start teaching other people. So that's what I do when I have spare time, which is very rare, but I have a select group of students I teach, and uh, I try to give back, you know. So you're a vocal coach. Yeah, yeah. That's terrific. Yeah, yeah. It is great. I, I really enjoy it. Um, it's not a money thing, you know. I, I work because I really enjoy doing it, and I love to have somebody say, God, your, 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 your techniques really help me sing better, and that is, like, such a cool thing, you know? Yeah, when people say something like, uh, wow, Robin Zander still sounds great, I'm like, well, he's never stopped singing. And then when they right. say, this guy doesn't sound so good, I'm like, well, he's not taking care of it. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. I mean, the voice is just, you know, it's another muscle. You know, mm-hmm. you, don't, uh, you don't see somebody going out and running a marathon without stretching their, their legs out, right? <laughs> right? And a lot of singers don't do that. They just think they can go out there and sing cold, and then... You know, part all night long, and then go out and sing cold again after a few shows. Row, it's like, ah, 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 you know, it's just not a good thing to do. You just don't, you don't do things like that. So if you're serious about it, and you're, uh, I can even tell you, even your speaking voice sounds. Yeah, and sounds it's it's terrific. pretty rough. We had a show last night, and I was actually got we got home like four in the morning from San Diego, and I couldn't sleep, so I've been up all night long working on my boat, and um, you know, <laughs> that's what I do. I just twenty four seven work on my boat, you know, and then um, so I haven't slept, so my voice is actually kind of thrashed right now. But well, of course, the, I will uh, sleep tonight. Uh, I like that the that the front man for Great White has a boat. Yeah, of course he does. Uh, yeah, it's called Megalodon. My last one was Great White. This one's called Megalodon, which is like the you know ancestor of a Great White. It gets sixty feet long, can swallow a Great White whole. So you know, I think there's a movie. There's a movie coming out this summer about the, the giant. I heard about crazy that. giant shark. I, we can't tell if it's serious or if no, it's a I heard about comedy. I, oh, yeah, it's probably gonna be pretty funny. <laughs> I hope people don't think I named my boat after the movie. It's like, please, no, no. I, I was there before. I'm a fossil. Uh, now, Jack, you're you're a California guy. You were born in Southern California. A lot of people uh, transplant here, like Kyle and I. We're from Pennsylvania. Uh, Brett Michaels, he's from Pennsylvania. Here's right. the, here's the real California guy right here. Yeah, there's not many of us. I mean, there's uh, there's a few of you guys who have been Californicated, but I mean, you know, <laughs> other than that, um, there, I don't know. There's a few people. Most of them um, people I know. Not many. Most people from out of state, you know, from other places, like Robbie. Robbie's from Tucson. Mm-hmm. You know, like you say, there are a lot of transplants. Yeah. Now, um, you currently, your band is Jack Russell's Great White. Correct. Because there's another band out there called Great White. Absolutely. Yeah. And that is the other members. Right. Mark Kendall, Michael yeah. Lardy, Adi Desbro, um, Scott, uh, some bass player guy, and, and Tony Aluse, yeah. or Eloise, or whatever. You, I'm not sure how you pronounce it. And um, I had... Uh, I just spoke to him. Actually, we uh, had a conversation via the Facebook the other day. He's Tony. Like, no, I, yeah, t- Terry. Terry Louis. Terry, Terry Louis. the singer. T- Terry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's, uh, we actually, uh, we, uh, you know, we kind of patched things up. We never had a really had a problem, but there was a mm-hmm. lot of things unspoken, you know. Yeah. And um, we just had a real nice chat, and, um, you know, we're all good. So, I mean, I never had any bad feelings towards him. I mean, I would have done the same thing. You know, somebody said, hey, we're offering you this job because we don't want to play with the other guy. Right. I was at home. Oh, yeah, sure. You know, why not? Well, that's actually nice to hear that from you. Well, you know, I, I take responsibility for my part in it. Mm-hmm. You know, I was a mess and had it been turned around the other way, you know, I had fired guys in my band for the yeah. same reasons, you know, but, um, 
it wasn't so much why they did it, it was the way they went about it that I, made me feel bad. You yeah. know? And we don't need to drag all that up. It's been talked about enough times. Sure, sure. Suffice it to say, I have no hard feelings, and I wish them only the best, you know, honestly. And I, you know, hopefully someday down the line, maybe, you know, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Mark will give me a call and say, what's up? You know, because I miss Mark. Because that's your, that's, your, that's your old dear friend. Oh, yeah. We started the band, you know, 40 years ago. And it'll be 40 years. It was uh, November of 1978. And the band is named after Mark. No, actually, the band. Well, that because that's what I. I that's what right, I right, always right. hear. Well, there, there's, there's this, there's the my truth. There's their truth, and somewhere in the middle is the okay. truth. Okay, so let me hear your truth because you're tr- here. The, the truth is, I used to call Mark the Great White. That was my nickname for him because I'm a total shark fanatic. I fish for sharks. My boat's named after a shark. I live on a boat. I'm you know this pirate guy. I pirates all over everywhere you look at me. Um, you kind of look a little uh, telling, yeah, Pirates yeah. of the Caribbean If right I had now. a patch on one eye and a peg leg you know, And a hook hand <laughs> and a parrot I'd be the full blown guy But uh, you know So we had this, this big tall guitar player And he wore this white jumpsuit That he got from my drummer Gary He had a, a carpet cleaning business And it said Stan on it And <laughs> the name Okay. So he had this white jumpsuit And he had this white shock of hair And his white headband I used to call him Mark Kennel the Great White and we were out, we were courting our manager who was working for a label called Enigma, who he'd established um, through Green World. And on Doc, and had brought him down to a show at the Whiskey, and um, he wanted to sign the band to the label. And he said, well, me and Mark went to meet with him at his, at his, uh, at his office, and he said, okay, well, I, like, I really like your name. I really like the, guy, the band guys. I think you're great. But he goes, what do you think about changing the name? And we were called Dante Fox back then. And me and Mark were like, change the name? We'll lose all our following, like 500 <laughs> people, you know? We're like, oh, my God, what do you want to call it? Great White. I'm going, oh, we're looking at you like, Great White. Oh, a stupid name. And um, we said, okay, well, if it's, you know, it's going to get us a record deal, we'll call ourselves The Thes. We don't care. Right, right, right. So we went with Great White. And um, the name actually turned out to be a really cool name after you got over the initial shock of it. Right. But, that's how it was indirectly named after Mark. So I guess he could say it was named after him if you want to say that. But that was how it happened. And eventually, you guys really embraced the name because oh, yeah. with the album covers and everything, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, you didn't shy I mean, away from it at all. Which no, is good. not at all. I mean, you know, I said thing about it, I was like, God, what's more gnarly than a great white shark? I mean, that's you know, pretty beefy yeah. guy. I see him all the time. So. And, you know, trust me, they're uh, as impressive as they are on film as they are in person. And, uh, and when you hear the name, you, you get an image or a feeling about something. What, you know, you're like, this, oh, this is going to be either nasty or it's right, going to be right, tough right. or it's going to be all those type things. So that's kind of cool. And I like, too, that you guys, uh, you guys have a pretty cool logo. Yeah. And you kept that logo. Kyle and I talk about logos all the time. Well, I, had, I actually had the original logo. Mark, uh, and those guys took the updated version that I had uh, had. Uh, Sony redo for the 1999 album. Yeah, and um, they wanted to use that one. I said, "Well, great, I'll keep the, the old one then." <coughs> so, um, yeah, it all worked out well. I mean, I'm happy. Um, I'm hopefully there too, and and um, you know, the name goes on. Mm-hmm. And eventually, excuse me, I'm hoping that at some point I'll be able to drop the Great White and just go on as Jack Russell. Yeah, you know, and that's what I would like to do. And right, and that's the hope, and that's what we're working on. So it won't be such confusion. Right. And that, and that would be good for you too. Brand yourself. Absolutely. You're the singer. Absolutely. I tell people all the time, though, like if, um, if I'm going to go see a band and the band is on tour with a singer, but the singer's still active, I'm always going to go where the singer is. You know, right now I'll go see Journey because Steve Perry is nowhere to be found. Right, sure. But if Steve Perry was out there touring and I had to choose who I'm going to go see, 
I go see Steve Perry. Well, you know, and, and, and I would say the same thing, and not just because uh, I'm in this situation I'm in or because I'm right. a singer. It, to me, that is the one identifiable thing that distinguishes one band sound from another. I mean, really, you know, any decent guitar player can play another decent guitar player's riffs and right. cop his sound through an amp or guitar or whatever, um, but you can't copy a voice. A voice is, is distinct, you know? Yes. Well, not all of them. The good voices are distinct. Yeah, the good voices are distinct. Even some bad voices are distinct, but, (laughs) you know, they somehow make it, you know. Yeah. But um, there is a a certain, you know, quality that uh, that you can't emulate. You know, I mean, the voice is something, you know, in in very personal in and of itself, uh, singular, you know. So my voice... At least I feel is when you hear me singing, go, oh, that's Jack Russell. You don't go, God, who is that guy? You know, and right. and maybe I'm just fooling myself, but I mean, I, I think that to be true. You know, I have my own sound, and and as does Terry. You know, yeah. and and as much as I didn't want to like them, actually, I told him this in, in an email. We we uh, shot a kite back and forth through LinkedIn or something like that. And um, I actually watched their video for the first time, their, the big time, their first single. And I was like, I didn't want to watch it, didn't want to like it. And I thought, you know what? That actually sounds really good. I was really, I was like, this is a really good song. You know, he sounds really good doing their stuff. So, well, that's good because you know. a lot of a lot of people wouldn't be like that. They'd watch it and and just they'd they'd hate it even if it was good. They'd right. say, oh, well, that, you know, I I have no. I have no reason to have. Right. I don't carry that kind of weight around with me. It's just you know why, why I have like hatred and you know I don't have room for that in my soul. You know, it's just a people black are coming. People are coming to your shows. People are coming to their shows. Yeah. Every, everyone's happy. It's all good. You know, we're all to make a living on our on our um, on our past uh, um, you know efforts yeah. and the um, foundation that you present. all built together. Sure, absolutely. And I wouldn't never want to deny those guys that. I mean, right. we all are part of something really, really great. I mean, great white. You listen to the music we made and like it or don't. Um, it definitely you know, had an impact for a lot of people and it touched a lot of people's lives. And, you know, at one time we were all really close. We were all brothers, you know, yeah. we were all, we, I'd look back on those days and I just laugh. I had so much fun. And that's what makes me feel sad when I, I miss Mark. You know I, mean? yeah. I just miss hanging out with a guy. He's a funny guy. You know? <laughs> He's one of the funniest people I know. The, uh, the thing I like about Great White is you even from the beginning, you guys weren't afraid to in, in, embrace that bluesy side. You know, you weren't just uh, doing hair metal. You know no. what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. No, nothing against that. I love that. No, absolutely. But you guys, and you guys weren't afraid to uh, to do a long song either and let it just flesh it out for six or seven minutes. <laughs> and, you know, I don't know if you got any pushback from the label to, hey, tighten these up, but no, it, you it know was what? working. What was really, really cool, and I have to give credit to my, my ex-manager, Alan Niven, However you set it up, we never had anybody coming down in the studio policing our songs. Mm-hmm. We just finished the stuff we wanted to finish, and we turned it in, and that was it. Yeah. Like, Rock Me, who would have ever thought you're going to come out with a 7-minute and 11-second single at radio? Right. What we did, if you look at the album, you'll see every song on one side says 3 minutes, 57 seconds, and the other <laughs> side says 3 minutes and 58 seconds. Every single song. Right. We put the radio single out. It was like three fifty-eight. So the DJs they started playing this thing. They think it's a four-minute song. Yeah. All of a sudden they're going like, "Man, that was a quick bathroom break." You know, the song's still going. <laughs> and um, by the time they figured it out, you know, it was already people getting. So phone you calls. didn't you didn't put the real time of mm-hmm. the songs? No. That's what you're saying. No, we didn't. We 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 fudged every one of them. One side is I believe it's all three fifty-seven. The other yeah. side is all three fifty-eight. And mm-hmm. for the video. 
we actually had to rewrite the song lyrically to shorten it. I yeah. mean, there was times when you came out the video and I'd be on stage live, I'd be screwing the lyrics up going, wait a minute, <laughs> that's the video version. And I'm looking around the band going, no, no, it stops here. <laughs> well, since we're talking about it, let's just jump, let's hear a little bit of Rock Me, Kyle. Should be a fifth song in the list. Let's say 358 or 357. <laughs> it says 719, Jack. Oh, okay. You're not you... fooling us. Oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, what happens with some of these wow. bands later on? They decide, hey, let's do a blues album. You know, we'll do <laughs> blues covers. And you guys, I just, you just always had that bluesy guitar and just, I mean, and you could do other stuff too, but that, they always had that it was you in know, there somewhere. That, I, I think, really was something that Mark and I had when we were together. It just, that just poured out. Yeah. You know, it was, um, and, you know, Mark's always been a very bluesy guitar player. Vincent, his influence is very bluesy, and as were mine, you know. Um, we, we both got together. I mean, it was initially, it was kind of like, you know, Judas Priest Jr., you know. Right. I remember, it was funny because I remember being at the Troubadour one night, and uh, Rob Halford was there with his, uh, the drum tech, and his name was Desmond. And, um, Are you nervous when Rob Halford's in the they, house? You know what? No, I wasn't. I walked up to him and I went to go talk to him. Yeah. This, this little short guy, his name was Desmond. I find this out later. He pushed me out. Oh, Rob doesn't want to talk to him. And Rob goes, no, no, come over here. It's all right. I go, <laughs> I go, you're not going to remember this, but I'm going to open up for you one of these days. <laughs> two years later, I walked up to Rod Halford and I said, Rob Halford, and I said, two years ago, I walked up to you, the troubadour, <laughs> and I told you, you wouldn't remember this, but I was going to open up for you. He said, like, wow, that's amazing. And, um, I actually met, became friends with Desmond, the drum mm -hmm. tech, who was the guy that was trying to push me off that night. And right. We, we had a good laugh about it. But initially, our first album, if you listen to the first record, it was very, very heavy. And uh, Michael Wagner was, Jack, sing Jack Evil, be Jack Evil. <laughs> so every song was like, you know, you know, it's like, then when we finally got through the Once Bitten album, I was able to just sing. Yeah. You know, and like, I want to sing. And it was the first record we had done where I really felt like, okay, nobody's, producing me vocally per se and i'm able to sing the songs like i wanted to sing them and it was a i, I look back on those days as really fond memories i remember when we were listening back to the rock me track mark and i were in the studio and we're sitting on the console you know our, our elbows were on the console we're listening back to the tape and um tape yeah you know, <laughs> it dates me i know it's and crazy. um we're hearing the playback and i look over and i go dude this could be something special he looks at me and goes <laughs> that was it. And it was, I'll never forget that. It was just like we knew, you know, that was going to be a big song. Well, let's hear let's hear something from the first album produced by Michael Wagner. It's uh, the album's called Great White, and let's just hear a little bit of Stick It.
No, I don't. I hope you. you don't, know, I hope you don't it take a. Sound that much different? Uh, yeah, uh, but you still on this album. You still haven't found quite found the great white sound no, yet. No, absolutely not. No, and, I was still searching at that point. Yeah, you know, I didn't really know what my voice was. I right. hadn't found my voice yet. And I hope you you're know? not insulted, but like, no, no, stick no, no, no. it, that could almost have been anyone at that mm-hmm. time. You absolutely. guys, and, and what's great is, and here's the compliment, when you do find your, the great white sound and you're able to do what you guys want to do, that's when the success came. Yeah, thank you. And yeah. no, and I, I do recognize that. And that's was a, uh, you know, I really found my voice on the West Bidden album. I really, like, okay, this is how I sing, you know? And it took, it wasn't, you know, some people never find their voice, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, um, they go around, you know, copying somebody else or being somebody else. And, and fortunately, I was able to find it in the nick of time, you know, as they say. <laughs> and um, I've, since then, I've been able to experiment over the years with different sides of my voice and different facets of it you know the clean sound the dark the low sound the really highs and it's 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 still an adventure it's still a blast i still love recording you know it's kind of people say what's it like you know playing live as opposed to being in the studio well, i always say well studio is kind of like masturbating where you know lives like an orgy it's the same end result but it's just two different ways of getting there you know that's great uh bleep 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 so that no bleep in here say whatever you want there's um now the second album shot in the dark uh this is when you're on uh, the first album was on EMI, but this is actually, this is listed as Capital. Well, it, actually, the first release of this album was on our own label again. We oh, actually okay. went out and we released it on our own, and then we had a number two single at radio in Los Angeles at KLOS, and Capital signed us after okay. that. They re-released it, and it did okay, and then we did the Once Bitten album, and then after that, it was, you know... Now, I won't make it, you... You told, told us a story about... Um, uh, first listening to when your parent when you were six and you got the help sure, album sure, sure. and you saw the Capitol Records label. Now, now you're on Capitol Records. Dude, that, you're I'm on the Beatles label. Was, and this is the two bands that I loved when I first grew up. The two bands I was listening Let to. My little record player, Beach, Beach Boys, Boys and the Beatles. Capitol Records. And I used to watch a little thing spin around and one day I'm looking at my record and I'm seeing my name spin around that thing with the same logo. I go, oh my God, this is happening. Yes. Just like I was told when I was six years old. When I, I, told, and, I was telling you guys off, off mic, that I had a, a vision when I was a young child. And it was basically whoever, whatever, God, whatever you want to call it, the universe, something gave me a glimpse of what my life was going to be. And I always knew that it was going to happen. I never had a doubt. And I had told my friends at the forum, I'll be on the stage one day. And there I was. And I remember going there at Soundcheck before the show, and I'm sitting. I went out to watch the guys set up, and I tried to find that second row load, 22nd row load seat where I saw Blue Chicago yeah. when I was 15. And I'm looking at this, I was probably was in 50 feet of it, and I'm looking at the stage, and I'm going, man, Jack, you've come a long way. And I start laughing myself, I go, yeah, about 1,000 feet <laughs> yeah. you know, from here to the stage. So, I mean, you know, it, it, it's just been an amazing life. My life has been truly, truly amazing. And um, I, I'm blessed every single day. Every breath I take, I'm like, thank you, thank you, thank you. So. Uh, another thing I like about you guys is you guys would always embrace doing a cover song. Oh yeah, but not, song to song. But you, know? you wouldn't embrace it in order to to release it as a single. It would just be somewhere in there on the album. You know, it's funny seeing people ask about one, but once written twice shy. I go, dude, right. I never thought that song would be a hit. Never. It broke all the rules. Forty five seconds even got to the chorus. I'm going, ah oh, god. If it wouldn't call <laughs> once been twice shy. I wouldn't even be doing this. You know, but this song wouldn't go away. And it's like one of the. It's um. You know, there, there's 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 covers that that take on a life of their own. Uh, that one, it, that's 
Yeah, I don't, you it know, still I, won't stop. I know, and it's but <laughs> not complaining. Some people only know your version of it. I know. You, you know, know what I mean? Funny, Ian. Hunter. It's a it's a fantastic version of the song. It might be better than the original. Well, I used to say, "I, I, I am once bitten, twice shy." Right? Mm-hmm. Just so people know. Yeah. When uh, I was reading this interview that Ian Hunter did, because we knew Ian Hunter actually, we mm-hmm. rented his drum riser from him for the Judas Priest tour. Okay. And um. We did the song, and Ian Hunter was doing this interview. He's going, yeah, I'm doing these shows, and kids are coming up and asking me, how can you be playing that great white song? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she just laughed all the way to the bank, you know, but I mean, it, I thought that was kind of funny. But. Yeah, I saw Ray Davies. Uh, I've seen him many times perform uh, in solo, and whenever he plays uh, You Really Got Me, he goes, here's one by Van Halen. Yeah. And then he, uh, I want to I play a song off the second album. I want to play a song, a cover off of Shot in the Dark, and then we'll get into White Once Bitten. Uh, this is... We're going to play uh, Face the Day. Face this the is, Day. This yeah. is from... Uh, Angel we, City. Angel City. Yeah, uh, Angels. Angels in Australia. Australia, yeah. And then uh, later on in the career, you guys tackle a couple more of their songs. I, yeah. I love, I love the band. Angels. Yeah. Great band. You know, they were never discovered here. No. Really, it's unfortunate. They're such a great band. So let's hear Face the Day. Trippy, you know that song, I remember the first time I heard it, we were at, uh, Alan Niven, my old manager, called me up to a gentleman named Kick Van Hengel. He was his, uh, he was the head of the international department. He called me up there for a meeting. Mm-hmm. And so we're sitting in his office, and they're talking back and forth. I'm just kind of sitting in this beanbag show going, heck am I doing here, you know what I mean? <laughs> and so I started listening to stereo, and there was this song on, I'm like, hey, hey, who, who is that? And he go. Oh, that's a band called Angel City from Australia. I'm going, man, we should cover that song. <laughs> come to find out later on that it was all a big ploy to get me to come in there. So I would listen to the song and go, oh, wow. oh hey, let's do the song. I was like, so it's Jack's idea. You, <laughs> Let you think mean? that it was your it's idea. like, why did you just tell me you want to cover the song and save me a drive up to Capitol, you know? And I was like, okay, I didn't need to be brainwashed. It was a great song. But uh, it was funny. That song was, uh, I had nodules at that point in my voice. I had to have surgery. And I couldn't sing high at all. Mm-hmm. And we were getting ready to do that end part. I'm like, going, oh man, what's going to happen? And we were doing some other song. And also, I went to check my voice, and my high voice was there. I go, quick, roll on the face of the day. I did the end of it. After it was done, high voice was gone until after I had surgery. Just unreal. It was like, thank you. You, you had it just long enough to get it just on Just long enough to get that part. I, was, I, I don't know how it happened. It was just, Divine intervention. I'm telling you, it's my whole life. It's my whole life. All right, here we go. We're now going to move to 1987. We're going to move into platinum territory. I like that. Can we stay there for a while? (laughs) (laughs) Once bitten. You guys stay there for a while. Yeah, we Uh, did. No, I've got no complaints. Now, was this, and and then the album that comes after this is called Twice Shy. Was that even, was that, was that predestined? Did you know we were going to do this? This is going to be called Once Bitten. Yeah. That's going to be Twice Shy. Absolutely. That's why the little dot, 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 Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But then Once Bitten, Twice Shy is on 
The second you know, album. I know. Or not you know the second, but really the next album. What's really weird about that is because, from my recollection, and, you know, <laughs> I remember being in um, Izzy Stradlin's car, and he's playing me this song. And he goes, I'm going, dude, he goes, check this song out. It's called Once Been Do I Shot. I'm like, what? No way. He plays it for him and go like, are you kidding me, man? Who did that? He goes, that's uh, Ian Hunter. I go, wow. And then somehow we ended up doing it. And I'm not sure whether he spoke to Alan Niven about it. And like I said, my memory is foggy at best mm -hmm. back then because I was doing a lot of things I shouldn't do. Um, it's kind of like Ways of Rock Ranger. That was a, a song that Slash, Duff, and, um, and um, Steve Adler brought me down to Rumbo when they were doing uh, the Appetite album. They yeah. go, dude, you got to hear the song. It's the story of your life. I go, what? It's a band called Porky and the Answers. So I'm hearing the song. I go, we got to record that. Wasted Rock Ranger. So I brought it to the band. And he goes, yeah, that's great. But anyway, not to get off topic, but it's kind of the same thing. I, that leads me to, I want to ask a, a couple questions here. Um, back at that point when everyone, all your, all your, um, all your friends and stuff are getting signed, uh, where did you guys fall in the mix? Did it, t did it take a while for you guys? Like, were other bands getting signed, and you're like, what the fuck? Why are no, we getting... you know what? Oddly enough, we were the first band ever to get a regular rotation on an independent label. Mm -hmm. They were playing Out of the Night when it was on our own EP, at least our own label. We had we were in regular rotation on KMET. I remember Bobby Blotcher come over at a party at Don's house. Him and Don lived in a duplex together. That'd be Don Dockin. Don Dockin, right. yeah. And I was living with Don. Um... And Bobby came over. He's like, well, "How'd you guys get on the radio? How come you, we we got to get on the radio." Because they had their, they had their, um, what was that song? You think you're tough or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. The rat song. The rat song. Yeah. yeah. And, you're um, so tough. I think is what it is. You think you're tough. You're hot and stone. You think you're tough. You're tough getting Oh, You think you're tough. Yeah, that's what it was. So he's wondering how. He's going, how, "How'd you get on the radio? How'd you get on the radio?" I go, "I don't know. Alan did it. I gotta talk to Alan right now." He was all in a huff, you know. And um, I remember then pretty soon they were on the radio too. But it was uh, we were the first ones ever that were in regular rotation. And um, we had every label, and we sold twenty thousand copies of our EP wow, in Los excellent. Angeles on our own label. And we had every label in town want to sign us. Every single one it was like it was like a have a cigar, right? Oh, we're here to win. We're together as a team, and we had lunch with everybody. You know, I was like, oh, Columbia. I wanted to go with Columbia. Yeah. Um, Ron Oberman was the guy at Columbia. And Alan was like, oh, no, we got to go with EMI America. I'm going, who? <laughs> I really didn't know who they were. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, who's EMI America? I never heard of them. Well, I mean, Columbia, you know. It's, it's oh, yeah, Spring, CBS, Springsteen, Dylan, you know. Oh, you know. CBS. I know who yeah. CBS is. Aerosmith. Is. Yeah, right. right. Warner Brothers. I know who they are. Yeah. But so, EMI America. Yeah, mm. I didn't know who they were. And um, so we ended up signing with them. And... Uh, Come to find out, the guy that signed us, Gary Gersh, he wanted to sign us so he could just drive us into the ground so he could get the president's job. Um, Rupert Perry was the president mm -hmm. of the label. And he wanted to have the most wanted act just die, bite it. And we're on the road with Judas Priest. I remember walking across the street from the uh, sports arena in San Diego to a record store. And I went in there and said, hey, where's the great white album? So he goes, who? I go, great white, we're playing tonight with uh, Judas yeah, Priest. So right you should have us front and center. And I never heard of you guys. So I get on the phone going, hey, what's going on, Alan? And come to find out, long story short, that's what happened. We sold like 100,000 copies because we weren't in any of the stores. Yeah. We had the biggest tour of the U.S. the whole year, Defenders of the Faith. Not Defenders of the Faith. Yeah, it was Defenders of the Faith. And um, we 
just didn't have any records out there. So we that ended up sucks. leaving that label, and then we put our own record out again to only get, to get picked up by Capital, their sister label. And, you know, so instead of us cruising out the 80s like all our friends did, yeah. you know, we came in and started making our, you know, cutting our teeth in the late 80s. So it kind of like, you know, peak down. Right. So it was a, a pretty short-lived uh, high for us. But, you know, at this point in my life, there's uh, so many good things on the horizon. I just feel like I haven't done what I'm supposed to do yet. So I'm, I'm, I'm climbing up that hill again. So well, And you're still, a young, you're still a young guy, you know. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, 24. I mean, what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear the song that kicks off the Once Bitten album. Let's hear Lady Red Light. Now, from this album on, basically, your manager, Alan Niven, and your keyboard player, Michael Lardy, are producing Correct. the band. Yeah, for better for worse, so yes. <laughs> keep it in the family. You do, now, what, what was, uh, you didn't like I the, would, some of their production? I, or? Well, no, you know what? I, honestly, Mark and I used to go back and forth about this. We wanted to get another producer in mm -hmm. because we were always like, God, our, our contemporaries, our other friends' albums, they always sounded bigger and, and yeah. louder and, and just ballsier you know and, and we were like god you put a record on it's like you turn it to 10 and then you put something else on it's like you turn it to two and it's already louder than ours you know it didn't have the punch like a cinderella record or, yeah. or you know we wanted an outside producer but we were also afraid of our management i mean to be honest with you we were scared to death you know he had it was this control thing he was um one of those type of people that would make you think you know well you couldn't be anywhere without me and you mm -hmm. know so we were really afraid and, and he, um, he and he would get some writing credits here. Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. It started out, you know, and it helped me out with a couple of lyrics. And pretty soon, you know, it was like, you know, and telling me what to you know, sing. And I got to the point where I'm like, look, you know what? I had to fire the guy in '96, I think it yeah. was. Then we put out the Let It Rock album, and that was like a very freeing experience for me because you know I produced that along with Michael and a guy named Dito Godwin. And that, along with the Shelter Me album, which just um, happened to be re-released a couple days ago, um, actually it's, a, it's released in the States for the first time, it was only released in Japan, that to me was the best sounding record sonically that I had been a part of. Um, because we didn't have that, um, I don't know, the thing, with, the thing with Alan, he's a great guy, I, I mean, we had our, our long history, with yeah. him, but it got to a point where it just had, the relationship had run its course, he had a different vision of the band than I did at that point. You know, um, Sail Away album was kind of like, you know, try to make us into the Eagles or something, yeah. you know, and I was like, no, I wanna rock, you know? And um, I remember one day we were in his office and he goes, 
Because, you know, you need to stop moving around so much, man. You don't, this, looks, this looks ridiculous to the guy your age. I'm going like, I'm 35. Guy, guy my age? I go, what about Steven Tyler? He goes, he looks ridiculous. I'm like, okay, well, we're not seeing an eye out of here. You know what I mean? <laughs> what about Mick Jagger? Yeah, right. Well, that was his, what about Mick Jagger know, in 2018? And that, and that is was funny because that was his big hero. And mm. I didn't even want to go there. You know, I just right. said, okay, we're not even going to. There's no point in discussing it. So uh, I just called the guys together and say, look, let's uh, have a uh, yeah. you know, pink slip meeting. See, as an, as an outsider who's just buying the albums and reading the credits, I always thought, oh, look at these guys. That's great. They're, they're holding all the, con they have all this control. You know, they're getting to produce it themselves and there are managers yeah. there. And like, so well, I thought, you know, there was some was, of that. There yeah. was some of that. Don't get me wrong. There was a point where we were all very much a team, you know, right. Alan included. And, um, but then there became a point to where it got to be more of his control than of ours. And it was like, okay, now you're going in a direction that I don't really want to go. So, hey guys, look, this is what I want to do, and you guys can either go with me or you can get somebody else to do it. So, so you would have been happy if one of the big name producers that I've, oh. I've read on all those albums, oh, yeah. you would have been happy working with one of them. Absolutely, especially the Hooked album. That was an album I thought, you know what, we just got done with Twice Shy, it was a huge record. Mm -hmm. Now we need to call in the big guns and just really blow this thing up. And what happened? Instead of making a record, well, we should have been, all been in rehab as opposed to being in the studio. Yeah. I mean, the drum tracks were all taped, cut together and pasted. You know, I was like in and out and I had my jaw broken at one point and had to postpone the record and we were a mess. We, it's but so, it actually is a decent record. That's funny because I was going to say, know? I really enjoyed it that really album. It really is a decent album. Some people say it's their favorite <laughs> record. I'm going, well, you know, it, 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 behind the scenes on that one, you would uh, maybe scratch your head how we managed to pull it off. But, you know, it, it's the shark. It always kept swimming no matter what, you know, and, and we managed to squeak out a couple good songs along the way. I mean, that the Desert Moon is, is probably one of my favorite songs that Great White ever recorded as far as an up-tempo rock song. I just, it's one of those songs I love to sing. It's... Um, the message for, well, my message is different than most people would, I think they would think. It's more about, uh, well, the song's about going out in the desert, taking a bunch of ecstasy and, you know, mm -hmm. by a campfire. <laughs> 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 I think I need to get any of the great details, but uh, yeah, we had, uh, we had a lot of fun during the album. Well, let's, I remember. let's, I got that one queued up, so let's jump. I think it's 12 on the list. Kyle, let's hear one of Jack's favorite songs from 1991 from the Hooked album. This is Desert Moon. Yeah, Hooked kicks ass. It really does. It you really know, and um, I have to admit, it, it is it is a great record. I mean, and I don't, and I mean that without I'm not patting myself. Yeah, yeah. Record. I mean, just listening to it, I haven't even heard that in in many many years. Um, Put that in the set list. Oh, it is not set. Oh, it is in the set. I you actually, mean you have, haven't, actually haven't heard the okay, recording. Okay, you haven't heard the recording. But no, okay. I haven't. I've been mean to go back yeah. and and listen to all our albums. Yeah. I was just like God, that would take a well, long that, time. That's the thing. <laughs> that's the thing about this show when we have people in. 
No one goes back and listens to their their own albums. I do. I do. I tell <laughs> you what. Jack does. You know. You know what's in? It's in my CD player right now. Is uh, he saw it coming? I I got I got to admit it's 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 still I hasn't burned out on it yet. Oh, that's cool. You know, usually I burn out on an album about six months, nine months, because you know, I play it over and over and over and over right. again. You're I, living with it. Oh man, I, I'm just one of those guys that does everything over and over and over again, right? Yeah. I mean, I was talking to my drummer uh, Gary Holland, who was our original drummer, and we we reconnected, and he's actually doing a, a Zeppelin project that we're doing in. Uh, uh, starting in December. And um, we were talking about something. He goes, remember that day? We all lived in this house. And it was one of our roadies' houses, right? Where we just kind of scummed off. I'm like, hey, man, we're moving in, you know? And uh, he lived there with his girlfriend, and, and he'd go off to work, and then and I would, we'd come back from work. We all lived there. And um, one day I was in the bedroom, and I was playing uh, Snowblind on the cassette player over and over and over by uh, Sticks. Snowblind can't live without mm-hmm. you. And all of a sudden I hear this, crash. I go out in the room and there's Kendall with his acoustic guitar. He had smashed it against the wall. And he goes, I just couldn't hear that song one more time. <laughs> I had to do something not to play it anymore. He wouldn't like that though. Yeah. Let's let's hear. Uh, I want to hear one more song off uh, Hooked. While this plays, I'm going to go over there and get a power chord that I forgot to bring here. Uh, it's right over there. So, Jack, when I get up and walk away, I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving the show. Oh, no, it's okay. I just take over. over. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> let's hear. Uh, call it rock and roll. It's a fun record. Hooked you know, is a fun record. Yeah, it was. That, that, this was my favorite video that we've uh, we ever done, by the way, called Rock and Roll. It was uh, Michael Bay produced it, and it was just a, a really good example of, of Great White, all the shenanigans. And, and yeah. you know, it was just a, it was a lot of fun to make, and it was very, very real in the sense of that's how we were, you know, before the show, after the show, during the show. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. I had a good time doing that. How did the record label ap- approve this album cover? Um, well, you know, initially it was go ahead, great, no problems. Then Kmart decided they weren't going to uh, stock it. So stock it. Cause got, had, it's, if you've never seen the album cover, it's a, it's a, it's a giant fish hook and there's a, a beautiful naked Christine woman. Christine Rose, yeah, Playboy. She was a Playboy set of there you go. And She was uh, naked on this big treble yeah. hook with uh, seaweed hanging from it. And it was over, it was taken over a, a, a big, um, uh, like a pool. Mm. And then they made it look like it was, a, you know, the, the, the ocean. Ocean, yeah, it's great. And, um, you know, unfortunately, uh, Kmart being what they were back in those days as far as records, you know, we had to acquiesce. And uh, fortunately, they had taken, I think they had taken a shot. I don't think they had to reshoot it. If I remember, they took a shot with her submerged, partially submerged, and then they had a full one. It was also a desert. Um, and that cover works, too. The one which she submerged 
hooks. I mean, yeah, that yeah. works too. But, but the, it's the not original as, cover it's, yeah. is so great. It's great. It, it is a great a, album. It was really, really a work of art. Yeah. I mean, I remember going down there and seeing this giant treble hook. I'm going, God, I could use that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone who bought this album back in the day was probably thinking, I want to go fishing where these guys go fishing. Yeah, right. <laughs> or at least find out where they get their bait from, right? Uh, you, you just mentioned you're gonna you're doing some type of a Led Zeppelin project. What, yeah, can you yeah. talk about that? Is sure, it a secret? absolutely. No, there's no secrets here. Um, what we recorded back in '96, we did an album called Great Zeppelin. It was a Great White's tribute to Led Zeppelin, and we titled it Great Zeppelin. And it was um, uh, three live shows we recorded. Uh, one in Los Angeles, one actually in um, Santa Ana at the Galaxy. We had the Galaxy, okay. and one was in the Key Club, and one was in Bakersfield. Now, on the cover of the album, it says recorded the Galaxy, where actually most of it was from Bakersfield. There okay. was a couple from the Galaxy. Um, I don't remember why we did that. Maybe it was because we were trying to stroke some people at the Galaxy. Who knows? <laughs> but um, it was uh, mostly from one show, and it was all Zeppelin songs done live. And it was a really, really great record. And people have asked me over the years, why don't you do that again? And I thought, eh, you know, I thought, you know, why not? So I talked to my uh, original drummer, Gary Holland, and um, we decided we're putting something together. It'd be Robbie, Lochner, and myself, um, Gary Holland, Dan McNay from my band, and um, a guy named Michael um, Oliveri, who is a singer for Leather Wolf, guitar player, keyboardist. Okay. And he's going to be doing the keyboards, uh, second guitar, and um, vocals and whatnot. So um, it's really going to be amazing. We're going out, we're going to do a different set. We're going to do some of the same songs. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously we're going to do Stairway to Heaven and the classics like that, but we're going to make it a more, uh, um, rocking, um, set than, cause I never really realized, but Gary goes, Hey, did you really plan this out like this? There's a lot of ballad, middle stuff on there. I go, no, I just pick songs that I like. I go, but come <laughs> to think of it, you know, we could make it a little heavier. So we're going to do some heavier stuff like, you know, like, um, Black Dog and Achilles Last Stand and, oh, and I stuff love like Achilles that. Last Stand. Oh, I know. We do part of that in uh, in uh, On Your Knees and we play that live. We go into part of Achilles Last Stand. Yeah, and such then a we, great song. Yeah, it's well, phenomenal. I have two songs queued up from that record, and I hadn't listened to this record in a long, long time. I listened to it because you were coming on the show, and so I, I can't believe how your voice sounds on this record. Like, it's crazy. Like, why didn't Jimmy Page give you a call? You know, I've asked myself that too. I think he, I think he lost my number or something. I don't know what happened. I've never met any of those guys. Isn't that strange? I mean, I've met everybody else. Um, Steven Tyler's a friend of mine. Mm -hmm. um, I've I just, all my idols I, I have met. And, and you know, the one, one band that I was like my favorite band of all time, especially as a vocalist, I've never met. Wow. And that's Led Zeppelin. And, well, uh, uh, I've never seen them. I had tickets to go see him, and I thought there was a party in high school. There was a party now. Okay, I'll go see him next year. Yeah. You know, Bonzo no died ne no next before year. I got to see him. So, yeah. You know, my bad. Well, let's hear, uh, let's, first let's hear Ramble On. And this it. is incredible, the way you sound on this. <laughs> Wait do you hear this, Kyle. But now it's time for me to go. The autumn moon lights my Sometimes I grow so tired. When I know I got one thing I got to do, I'm on. And now it's hell, it's hell, it's now. Sing my song. 
Okay. Yeah. I can't even talk. Okay, Kyle, there's Jack Russell. What do you what do you think of that? Give me your first, give him your true opinion. What do you think of that? That was great. Right? Like if you if you told me that was actually Led Zeppelin live. I'd right? Like, yeah. No, it's funny. Like it's so funny. Like it, it at points it sounds like Jack I can hear Jack Russell. But then it's just like I'm like, well, is this a, a trick? What's going on here? This is incredible. Like, well, were you, were you yeah. trying, were you? Well, of course I was trying to sound, sound as long as I can. I yeah. Mean, well, you can point. do it. That was the point. Yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, for whatever reason, our voice has the same timbre, mm-hmm. you know, so it's, it's not hard for me to emulate. And plus he was a very big influence of mine. Um, I'm almost, and I mean this with all humility, I, I don't mean all my talent I have is given to me as a gift, and I treat it as such, and I don't take credit for it. The only credit I take is for having the sense to use it yeah. and take care of it. But everything else, gift. Um, I have the ability to, uh, it's almost like a ventriloquist, not a ventriloquist, but an uh, um, impressionist, mm-hmm. impersonator. You know, I mean, I can pretty much cop a lot of people's voices, you know. Um, and, and fortunately, you know, to, to sing something as amazing as his stuff. I mean, when we did these shows, I was up there just going, my God, how it must have felt to be those guys on the stage right. with all these catalogs, these amazing songs. I mean, you could almost, I almost picture myself in his shoes going, wow, these are big shoes. You're having an out-of-body you know, experience. You <laughs> amazing. And I'm really proud of that album. I really am. There was no fixes on it. I didn't, I didn't go in the studio and fix anything. That was all live. Um, I don't know if I could do that right now at 57, but at 36, Five, I was, we did that. You well, know? that's what I was going to ask you. This is 22 years ago. Yeah. And I still sing this stuff. Don't get my voice has yeah. not really changed much. I've lost a couple notes, but yeah. those are notes like only the dogs can hear anyway. So, you <laughs> well, know. <laughs> I hope you bring that show into the Los Angeles we, area. You know, we've I know had, two guys that are going to be calling up Robbie. <laughs> you know, it's funny because we've had no no luck in LA. We had, we first, we first put it out in 96. Well, this was just what we heard. It was from my agent. Well, they don't want to have you guys come in because they're afraid that the regular, the regular tribute bands, people won't want to come see them anymore. Because you'd like, be too good. I mean, come on, really? So, you know, we've got offers all over the states. We're going to do those. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there will be some well, shows in Los Angeles. If I have to put it on myself, I'll well, do it. As I'll close do. as you get, we will go there. I appreciate uh, it. Thank you. And then uh, I'm going to play another one. And I, I picked When the Levee Breaks, just because I always like that song. No, so me too. Let's hear When the Levee Breaks. It's insane. It keeps on raining, the levee's gone to break. When the levee breaks, have no place to stay. We got a little impromptu. Uh, oh, yeah. Jack was singing along there. <laughs> I, That's okay I with us. The mic was hot. That's on okay with us. What were you gonna say, Kyle? Uh, the cover's great. Yeah. Oh, you know that. what? No, that was a guy in France. A guy named Eric Coubard who uh, has taken. We we're actually best men at his wedding in Vegas, but he has subsequently taken all our records and licensed them and like made like 19 different best subs. And we'll just take all these songs and put them in different orders. We'll call oh. something else. So it's, it's kind of frustrating, you know, but I figure it's like if people are going to bootleg our stuff, well, you know, it's just more for people to hear. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. I, just, I just hate seeing somebody go, well, I bought this record under a different name. It has all the same songs on it, but they're just in a different order. You know, it's just, <laughs> right. so let the buyer beware, you know. Um, yeah, the sale, you know, we're, we're brushing by some stuff, but Psycho City came out in 92 after Hooked. 
And it has some, it has some good songs on it. it, it, it uh, were you happy with that record? You know, that was, uh, it, it, for the most part, yes. Um, some of it was a little droney for mm-hmm. me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. where is this going? Why is it still going? The vocal stopped an hour ago. Where, you know? right. I mean, there was some great stuff like, um, you know, um, what's that song? Um, oh, God, Maybe Someday. Yeah. I mean, I love that tune. I mean, um, Psycho City was a great song. And there was some good stuff on it, but to me, it just wasn't... Uh, it wasn't our best stuff. We could have, you know, had we had a, a, a real producer that had like, um, I don't know, I think it was none of those things where rushed to get it done. I mean, we actually recorded the record up in a house in San Inez just so our manager could carry on his affair with his girlfriend. We didn't, which I didn't know at the time, but she lived up there. Okay. So we rented a house in San Inez. We stayed there for a month, spent buku amounts of money. And, you know, we could have stayed at home, but I found out later on that he was he had a mistress up there, and that's why we were at this house spending tons of money on this record. So, you know, it was just a, a lot of stuff came to light in that point. We had a fun time making it, but... Were you guys in better health than you were when you recorded Hook? Oh, yeah. I, well, I had gotten sober. Stephen Tyler had helped me get sober in, in uh, 92, um, and that lasted eight years. And, um, but... That is what kind of like set everything in motion for me to uh, change management. Okay. And I was like, you know what? I, I'm done with this. I've been sober for I mean, X amount of years now. I don't need anybody controlling my life. You know, so, but back to the record. I'm sorry, I, I, I digress. But um, back to the record, you know, it, it, it's very fragmented, if, from, from, at least from my perspective. I don't think it's a bad album. I just don't think it was a great album. Yeah. You know, and it's the not cover as funny. art was like, he wanted to call it Rose Motel because it was some kind of a jab at Axel because okay. Axel had fired him. It's like, look, the album's called Psycho City. You're going to put Rose Motel in there because it's a jab at Axel? What is that about? Yeah. No one's going to get... Yeah. I, I, I never got no, anything. I never kept got going, that. Oh, the old Rose Motel album. I'm going, no, it's called Psycho City. We had a cover for it. You know, I mean, I designed this cover. We had all these like crazy like inquirer things. We paid mm-hmm. them all together. Like, you know, Armand's leg this boy, somersaults 10 miles to save dad. I mean, you know, what's he going to do when he gets there? Yeah, I, mean, I always, all these crazy things, just random. Yeah, I, mean, I always the, felt I'm like, the, the, the title of the album and the cover don't, don't, no, don't work in nothing together. Nothing to anything. It's just like ridiculous. That was like, you know, okay, maybe this is not quite the way it's just supposed to work out. And then after Sail Away, you know, that was it. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm yes. not going to turn to Don Henley. I don't care how many yeah. records he sold. Yeah. Sail Away comes out in 94 after Psycho City, but before the, uh, before Let It Rock and before the, the Led Zeppelin album right. and Sail Away. I just, I, that was a head scratcher for me when the, I, I bought, I'm like, Oh, look at oh, a new great white. And I bail and, away. <laughs> it's I just, mean, the song was okay, but everything yeah. else. See, I wrote songs like, um, what was it? Um, Oh God. I know. I'll tell you, Don, it feels to be alone. Those songs that were supposed to be Aerosmith mm-hmm. and poppy. And they just came out to be all strums, strums, strums. I'm old man sitting on a chair. <laughs> you know what I mean? And we, we went out on stools for the first half of the, the set. I'm like, what am I doing? Why am I in this band anymore? You know, this is not my band anymore. Yeah. It's somebody else's band. I'm just singing for it. So that's when I finally got sick of it. And I told Mark, I said, dude, this is what I want to do. And he's like, I'm with you, man. So we pull everybody together and, you know, plan the total, uh, you know, hostile uh, overtaking, you know, overthrow right. the government and the coup, you know, and um, ever and that was like the happiest day of my life from so many years. We went and did the Let It Rock album. It was like 
Kids in a Candy Store. We had so much fun making that record. I, I remember I sang six lead vocal tracks and backgrounds in one night. And I feel bad because I, I can't find that album. That's really hard to find. It's, it is hard. It's not on it. iTunes either. Really? Yeah. You might be able to find it on, um, on, on YouTube. That's where I would go look for it. Then I'm not paying, I'm not paying right. for it. Then right. Well, you know, what, though, I, I, that doesn't bother me. I'm not making any money of it anyway. Oh, so, okay. You know I mean? Okay. Well, then I'll, go, then I'll go to YouTube. Who cares? Play Jack it, Russell you know? said I could. Yeah, uh, anytime you want. So uh, I'm going to jump to 1999. You guys get signed uh, by John, John Kalodner yeah. to Portrait Records. It was under the Columbia Epic umbrella. And at that time, John Kalodner was grabbing a I was bunch of Sony. Sony. Yeah. Uh, he was grabbing a bunch of you guys, uh, you know, Rat and, and, and Cinderella. Cinderella and, and Samantha uh, Seven. Yep. Yeah, that was, I love that record. That's, uh, you toured with them. We toured with us. That's CC DeVille. CC DeVille, Cecil. Yep. Yeah, that was a great album. I still tell great people, band. sometimes I'll give that to people. You know, if I tell them it's CC DeVille's album, then, they, then they're going to think, right. yeah, and they're not going to, but sometimes I'll give that to people and they'll go, that was great. Who is that? What right, is that? Right. And I tell them, like, <laughs> are you kidding me? I love it. I'll, get, I'll let you hear that comment. We, we, tour, we tour with them. They actually uh, opened up for us in Europe. Um, we pretty much share bands. We had um, um, my rhythm section and Michael Artie. They would do double duty, mm-hmm. and then you know they play with a great white in the end. So it was really really cool. I'd be on a bus with Cece, you know, through all of England. It was a, it was <laughs> it was hysterical. He was a funny guy, a I character. Love, I would oh, say totally. He's like a parody of himself. You know, which is <laughs> awesome. So the lineup, uh, the lineup for this album, it's Jack Russell, it's Mark Kendall, it's Mike Lardy, Sean McNabb, and Audie Despero. Is that is that the is that a classic lineup kind of? Oh, for uh, Let It Rock, yeah, and for Can't Get There, from, yeah, from abso- here. Oh, Can't Get There, absolutely. That to me, that was um, Sean was the man like ten years. I mean, yeah, you know he. Um, Solid bass player, great guy. I can't say enough mm-hmm. good things about him. You know, we yeah. had we had a, um, a parting the ways at one point just due to lifestyle changes and and you know, but that's nothing to do with his talent or, or his um, his um, his person. He's yeah. a great guy, wonderful bass player. Um, you got Jack Blades from Night Rangers yeah, producing this. Yeah, is, yeah, yeah. Now is he put together with you? Is he? Does does John Kalodner recommend that Jack? No, actually, this? I brought that up because um, I had done. Jack had hired me to come up and do background vocals on the Night Ranger Seven album. Okay, so I did all the high parts. He wanted me to come in and sing all the high notes. So I came down there. And I you know I gave me some money. I sang all the high parts, and so we kind of rekindled our relationship again, which we had back in '86. We opened up for them. Um, or it was '87. It was for the Once Bitten album when that first started out. We yeah. opened up for Night Ranger. And um, so that's how I knew him. And when he had me come up to the vocals, we, we started hitting off. We became friends mm-hmm. again. Then we, we both knew John. He knew John. I said, I'm trying to get a deal with John. He says, well, you know, what if I produce a record? I said, okay, well, I'll talk to John about it. So I mentioned to John, light bulb. Okay, great idea. We went up there, did, wrote some songs together, put a demo together. And actually a couple of the demo songs that we did I was so happy with the vocal performance. I actually kept them. I said, I'm not singing these over again. Oh, nice. We had to hire Myron Grombacher to play drums because Audie was in no shape at that time. Okay. He was uh, all messed up on meth. So, uh, and, so um, was Myron on the demos? He, or is he on the actual album but Myron's not credited? on the album. He's on the album, yeah, absolutely. Okay. And I, don't, I think we give him special thanks, but you know, we didn't want to you know, say anything yeah. about, about Audie. And John wanted me to fire Audie. And I said, no, John, I, go, I can't do that. You know, man, he's been my, my oldest friend. Yeah. 
You know, I said, let me just, I'll make sure he's got it together for the tour. I go, I'll hire Myron. He goes, I love Myron. I go, cool, I'll use him on my first solo album. So I go, I love him too. So, and Myron's from the Pat Benatar. Pat Benatar. Yeah. And I mean, oh, what a drummer. What a great drummer. Frightening. I mean, just, I played, he played, I don't think he's he played drumming my right first now. song. I don't think no, he's drumming right now. Chrysler, this is the last I heard. And I was like, what? Yeah. But um, he's amazing. He was amazing. Yeah. Um, I used him on the Shelter Me album, and then I used Vinnie Caliuto on my uh, second solo album. So, I mean, these guys are, you know, chop yeah. city. And um, having Myron play with the band really stepped the band up a notch. And it really made Audie a better drummer because he had to come in and, and play and Myron's do chops. Yeah. And I think that really helped him as a drummer. Yeah, Jack co wrote six songs on this oh, album. Yeah. Don Dawkin co wrote like uh, two or three on this album. And let's kick it off. Uh the way the album kicks off, let's hear Rolling Stone. <laughs> Jack just, uh, Jack Blades, the other Jack, he he just seems like a guy that's just writing music and doing stuff. The guy's amazing. 24-7. Oh, he's amazing. He's amazing. I mean, what was really cool about Jack, he wasn't, uh, he would give me ideas. He was like, for this song example, he goes, you know, you know what, Jack? You need to write a song about, go back to your friends in high school and just talk about, you know, what happened when, you know, the band broke and what was going on then. So I went back to my office at my studio and, and I sat there with the, the music I'm listening to it, and I'm coming up with a melody line for it, and I start writing down the words. I'm using real people in there, and I'm thinking about how it was back then, mm -hmm. how it was when all of a sudden they're playing my music you know, on the, on the radio, and people are cranking through the videos, going through the stereo, it was all loud, and all my friends are going, wow. And then I, I thought about, okay, what are they doing now? And I remember some friends of mine, what they were doing. Like one guy was building houses, and you know, the guy was doing a jail, mm -hmm. you know, another guy was, you know, bought a gun. I said, Brentley bought a gun was when he was shooting heroin, you know, and yeah. um, there was a girl named Jamie. She was living on the desert. Just, just, it was just about my life and about people like that. So it was really cool. He didn't say, these are the lyrics or, you know what I mean? He would just say, try this, you know, and then some songs, of course, we worked the lyrics together and, and it was a lot of fun. I mean, Jack was, he just a boundless, talk about, to put me times 10, I mean, and he would tell me, slow down, Ridlin child. I'm thinking, dude, really? <laughs> You're bopping around like, you know, Mick Jagger on LSD or something, you know? Well, this is, this is a solid album. I was, I was so... I, that's when, my when, favorite great album ever. And well, my, my that, favorite... That band, anyway. This will sound weird. My favorite... My, my, my favorite... It won't sound weird. My favorite great white song is on this album. I love this song, Silent Night. Silent Night. That was, that was, that was one of the songs I kept. That yeah. was one of the lyrical performances. I said, you know what? I'll, I'll never be able to sing that song as good as that so we're keeping that that and saint lorraine those are the two vocals i kept i and saint lorraine's fantastic too and i can listen to silent night just on a loop over and over and yeah, over again. that song is about um a girlfriend of mine in high school that and that's and that's exactly the feeling that i get and that's exactly the yeah, feeling everyone's my gonna son. get i was telling you about my my son that was, oh. she was one that gave birth to my child let's hear it let's hear silent song night was about Every now and then 
to pick up the phone and make a call down memory lane. Well, how you being? Well, baby, you could say I've been lonely too. I've been picking up the pieces ever since the day I left you sleeping on Motel Road. I heard you had two kids got married. It was quite the show. Chill listening to that. No, thank you. Yeah, it makes me my eyes roll up when I listen to that song. You know, it's I, it's uh I gotta give props to Myron props to Myron though, because he had to come in and play to a song that was already recorded to a click. Yeah. So to have a drummer have to do that is is really hard to do. I mean, I know a lot of drummers that are, you know, rated number one drummers that couldn't do that. And Myron um, did it. Myron did it. Just in and to two songs, you know, and um, yeah, guys, I can't say enough good things about him. But yeah, that song is a really, really it's a touching song. Yeah, I, I didn't, uh, it was so hard to, I mean, I started it at the beginning, but I could have dropped it in anywhere. Like that line about, we just stuck together like the earth sticks to, to the, the sun. sun. Yeah, yeah. Such <laughs> a great line. I know, we just stuck to each other like the earth sticks to the sun. Yeah. Such a great song. laugh, learn how to cry. It was easy as one, two, three. We were lucky and wild back then, just happy to be. Yeah. I love that you know the lyrics, and you oh, yeah. probably haven't sang this for a long time. I haven't sang the song ever, live. Only in the Never studio. sang it live. No. Just that one take we just heard. No. Maybe you put that one in the set list. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I, w- I would like to. I mean, I, I, I know we're, you gotta, we're changing you, the set. You got to appeal. You, know? you got to appeal to those I mean, people that never saw. I've never seen uh, Jack Russell before, and then you go, and then and then you don't want to disappoint. It's right. tough. Well, they go like, yo, well, I mean, you need to be out there playing for five hours. Or, you yeah, know, the exactly. Catalog we have. It's like, why don't you play this? Why don't you play that? It's like, well. Because we can't play 24 <laughs> hours a day for two weeks, you know, right. and I got to sleep. You know, uh, even I have to sleep sometimes. You know. Let's hear one more off of uh, Jack's favorite Great White album from this time period, and my favorite Great White album. Let's hear uh, Don Dawkins co-wrote this. Wouldn't with Jesus? You. Wouldn't Jesus? Great tune. <laughs> A sinner trying to survive. Yeah, we commit all those deadly sins. But I don't worry, cause I got my friend. I got my wooden Jesus in my car. He's always with me, never too far. Yeah, my wooden Jesus forgives me. I'm a sinner. <laughs> and this album, uh, this didn't. Uh Perform the way it should have, well, the way you, you probably know, hoped it's, it would. It's we sold like 106,000 copies in 1999, which was that's amazing. not shabby. We had yeah. a number six single at radio, and we would have gone farther. Um, Kaladner 
had every intention of, mm-hmm. of seeing the second single, which Ain't No Shame, which he called the Miney Song. You know I mean? <laughs> um, and which I thought was going to be a huge hit. And just they ran out of money. They took the money they made on our record and they put it into Rat's album because their album was tanking and they paid a lot of money to sign them. They wanted to get it back. Yeah. And I would have been happy with that too because I had a couple of songs on the album that I wrote so or co wrote. Yeah. And um, and the Rat I would album. Love to see them both do well, but it, it still yeah. tanked. And, and the Rat album was produced by Richie Zito, who was like right. the A list at that yeah. point. So they probably shelled out a ton of money to get oh, him. You know it, yeah. yeah. And you know it was just uh, it was just a, one of those slap in the faces, you know. And I was like, okay. And that was when I finally said, you know what, I need to do something else right now at this point in my life. And that's when I decided to break the band up. I told the guys, look, I'm leaving. I'm going solo. Um, you guys do whatever you want. Keep the name, get a new singer, do what you want to do. And they said, no, no, it's not going to be, won't be great white without you. So every disbanded, I went and did the For You album and did my um, solo tour. And um, that <laughs> bit the dust pretty pretty fast. I was like, okay, and nobody really cares about me this, doing good old contemporary stuff. Yeah, this is a very, pop, For You is a very oh, poppy. real poppy. And it was, you know, and it was... It just wasn't, uh, the world wasn't ready for that at yeah. this point. I mean, uh, CHR, I mean, I had, I, we beat Celine Dion at the, at the first week at ads, but <laughs> nobody's buying records. No. So it didn't matter. I mean, Jack Russell, who's this guy with tattoos singing all these great songs, but they're like, he's a rock singer. Yeah. You know, so, you know, Dan, if you do, Dan, if you don't. So, um, you know, we, uh, I eventually said, okay, look, I'm out on the road anyway. I'll call Mark up, have Mark come out. We'll call it Jack Russell's Great White. And we'll play some of my stuff, and we'll play a couple of great white songs. And we did that, and then, you know, February 20th, uh, 2003, and, uh, you know, Don't after that, everything changed. Yeah. yeah. It was, um, yeah, uh, yeah, we're talking about the, uh, the station. Nightclub Fire. Nightclub Fire. Yeah. The, um, now, when I say this, uh, this is hard for some people to understand, maybe not. Um, when I saw the... That on TV, the footage of that, that um, that affected me more personally than than watching 9/11, and I'll tell you why. Is when I watched 9/11, I couldn't get my mind around that. It almost looks like a, it looks like an action movie. It looks like right. it just you just can't believe it. It looks. I know. I thought the same thing when yeah. I saw the second plane hit. I was yeah. like, what? Like, what? That can't be happening. Yeah, really? and, and you can't fathom what's going no, on it's now too huge. with um, the Station Club. Station nightclub fire. Uh, that's that's where I would I would have been there. I would have been at that show. Yeah, I know. That's I've been in many, many clubs like that out here. You know, the Roxy, the Whiskey, all those clubs are that size. Yeah, and um, it, it was it was just really uh, that was really uh, a horrific thing. I mean, obviously yeah. for you. Yeah. I mean, but for, to watch it, it was just I was just like I can't believe. No, I can't this. imagine. You know. I know how horrifying it was and still is for me, and, and I don't. Uh, and I'm I'm one of the lucky ones, you know. I mean, I, I made it out alive, and uh, a lot of my friends didn't, you know. One of the um, one of your, the band one of your bandmates yeah, didn't. Make I it lost out. two other dear friends that night that I didn't even know where I didn't know they were even there until the next day. I saw their pictures on television, and uh, yeah, it's yeah, yeah it's uh you know it, it's it never gets any easier you know it never does and it never will nor should it uh, no. out of respect for my friends and 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 you know and there wasn't a single person that i saw on the television that next day that i didn't know in some way i mean mm-hmm. you go a place you play it for 20 years you get to know everybody yeah you know? 
I mean, if not by name, by face, of course, you know. And, and I can't imagine, um, you know, you, you know, the guilt that oh, you just... Horrifying. It's just horrifying. I mean, and you know, it, the horrible thing is I, I just wish there would have been something I could have done to, to stop it. Like, mm-hmm. oh, if I would have done this, or if I would have mm-hmm. gotten to earlier, if I would have noticed this, or if I would have checked that, or... You know, yeah, and that's just, just a game you play with yourself. I mean, I've been in, oh, every, I've been in a few every single day. Yeah, every single day. I, it's like I, it's what like if when I you're in a, myself in, in insanity. Yeah, it's like if know? when you're in a car accident and and you're like, oh, if I would have left the house five minutes later right. or five minutes exactly. earlier. What if but I, I mean, I would have canceled the show because my voice wasn't feeling good. What if I'd have done that? Yeah, whatever. Yeah, what yeah, all that. Stuff. What if I didn't get a tattoo that night? Yeah, and put the guy in the. That's guest just a mind game you play that's not going to get you anywhere. I know, and it's something I I've dealt with for you know, fifteen years now. And, and so know, it doesn't get any easier. And and with that said, you know. And so right after that, everything just everything it just stops. Everything has to stop. What are you going to do? How are you going to? You're not going to be able to go do a show the next night. No, you know, I never thought. I never really ever pictured myself going back on stage again. I like, would believe. I would I believe it. Yeah. And, and ever smile again. Mm-hmm. How could I possibly do that? And you You'd, know, thank God that um, my ex manager. <laughs> how many of those did I have? Um, like a Crayola box with 64 crayons. Um, my ex-manager thought of the idea of doing the benefit tour, which was, you know, a, a wonderful idea, and it helped a lot of people, and, and it brought awareness. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we worked for two years doing that, um, Mark and myself and, and some, some other hired guys that we played playing with us. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, it's never will be enough, yeah. you know? And... Um, it's, but I mean, that was ther- therapy for you oh, guys to yeah, go do that. Absolutely, because there was no other way I would ever went back on stage. You yeah. know, that was as altruistic as I could possibly get doing that. I mean, it was for somebody else. I, mm-hmm. For myself, I just would have retired. I said, you know, forget have, about have it. You, have you ever played in Rhode Island since then? No, I never have. And you know what? And it's not because we haven't had offers, mm-hmm. it's out of respect. Okay. You know, a lot of people, I don't know a lot, there are people um, that blame me for it Mm -hmm. and there's nothing i can do about that you know and uh, if that helps them cope with their grief then Mm -hmm. if they have to hate if they have to be mad at you for the the rest of their life you're okay with that i'm okay with that if that helps them it 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 devastates me you know it it really does i I don't because i'm not a malicious person i'm Mm -hmm. not a violent person i'm not I don't wish anybody, you know, I'm the kind of guy that opens the door for a fly to go out. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, I, I would never, ever intentionally or, you know, in any way, shape or form harm another individual. No way. You know I mean, and that's not what my music's about, Mm-mm. you know, and that's not what music is, is supposed to be about. And for that to be, you know, um, part of my legacy is, is horrifying to me, you know. But it, like I said, if that helps some people, you know, grieve, then that's okay. That's what God wants from me, you know? And um, I just, have, my life is already laid out. I just have to keep walking the steps. Now, were you, uh, were you, at the time of, of that, were you were you um, clean and sober at that point? Were you? Um, that point, no, I was going in and out. I was, I was, I was drinking. I wasn't doing anything other than that, but I wasn't um, taking really good care of myself. I had a, a, a fiance at the time and, and, she wouldn't put up in the monkey business. Mm-hmm. I mean, she would, you know, it'd be okay if I drank, but I wasn't drinking on the road because um, it messes up my voice. You yeah. know, it's just something I... I, I was just wondering if, the, if this if this horrible incident oh, afterwards? pushed oh, you man. to... Oh, yeah, I went spiraling down like, 
worse than you can mm -hmm. imagine. I was like, I was literally almost catatonic for three months. I mean, I could not stop crying. I mean, they tried to get me ever. I went to so many psychiatrists and therapists and this pill, that pill, these pills, drinking. And mm -hmm. I mean, I, I was literally, you know, drinking myself into a, into a coma, you know, and, and um, I finally, when the benefit tour thing happened, I finally got the will and, and the wherewithal to pick myself off the ground and, and go out and do it. And it was a struggle. That first show must know? have been, I can't imagine that the first show, you, you got to go out there and okay, let's have rock and roll fun, everyone. You know, it, it was, it was, it was, uh, I remember like it was yesterday. It was actually a, a it was a big show. There was a lot of people there and a lot of supportive people. And I was so thrilled because I was so scared. Yeah. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what was proper to do. I didn't know what to say. Did, know, were there, were there any, were, did anyone protest these shows? Was you know, there any, I, any sure backlash there, like sure that? Was. Or did you I, stay I, away from it? I don't really remember, mm -hmm. to be honest with you. Um, my memory's pretty foggy at best anyway. I mean, it kind of runs in my family, you know, which is great. Seems like you seem pretty sharp tonight. You seem you know, like well, you're... Well, no, I'm not a pretty sharp guy. Yeah. I mean, if, you, if I look, okay, what did I do three days ago? I'm like, ah, I don't know. I got up and I ate. I was supposed <laughs> to take a shower. Yeah, I guess I took one. You know, my, 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 my um, um, what do call that? My recent uh, recall... Short term. Short term recall. I can't yeah. think of that right now. <laughs> um, my short term recall is really short term, as you can tell. Um, it is is kind of messed up. But then you know, yeah. I, I have I take a lot of antidepressants and things like that because I just have to, mm -hmm. you know, in order for me to cope with, with being me. Um, you know, I've um, not that anybody doesn't know, but I have bipolar disorder, and mm -hmm. um, you know, so I take medications for sure. that and for depression okay. and anxiety and yada yada yada. But um, I'm all better now. <laughs> well, you're, 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 you're still here. Thank you. And I want to thank you for uh, talking about Oh, that. No, you know what, man? It, it's, I'm not the only one that's affected by mm. bipolar. My son has it. You know, uh, many friends of mine have it, mm. and especially in this industry. Yeah. I mean, I think we're all a bit bipolar. We wouldn't be doing what we're doing. Right. We have a real job, you know? But um, um, it's who I am, and I, I'm, I'm a pretty transparent guy. Okay. I don't want I want people to know who they're talking to. That's why I write songs about my life because that's the only thing I really know mm -hmm. about. You know. Well, let's get back. Let's get back to the music. Let's get back awesome. to some fun. Love let's, music. Let, uh, got this album back to the rhythm. This was like this is a reunion album. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It certainly was. Is it everyone? Um, God. Well, everyone except for Tony. I mean, Sean was yes. back in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was, yeah. It was, and it was a lot of fun making this record. It was a lot of fun. Well, let's hear what song do I have? For, I have the title track, Back to the Rhythm. Let's yeah, hear it. I figure that one. <laughs>
you know, it's funny, yeah. speaking of bipolar disorder, that mm-hmm. song was originally called, uh, it went, I'm on the top and I'm back to the bottom again. It feels like Jennifer <laughs> Gunn I'm on the top and I'm back to the bottom again. And John Claudio says, I don't really like that, change the chorus. So we changed it to, um, back to the rhythm again. Yeah. And then we ended, ended up passing on the second Sony deal, but we kept the song nonetheless. Yeah, and you got Jack Blades was yeah. a co-writer on that song yeah. too. And yeah, then, he wrote a, if you, if you a few of the songs that we had, uh, we saved from the uh, the demos from the second, uh, you guys must supposedly have been, second Sony album, but yeah, we didn't use it. You guys must have been having uh, quite a creative songwriting oh, period at that great. point. it was great. It was great. Yeah, I mean, you know, <clears throat> ever since the, uh, um, you know, Great White A.N. after Niven, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, the things really um, blossomed for the band musically. I mean, we really found our own and... and Musically, we came into our own, and, and you know, we found in the later years with the band, myself and Michael were doing, <clears throat> pardon me, a lot of the writing, and Kendall was more on the periphery um, until I think the last album, it was more the three of us. But for yeah. a while, there was a, Michael and I were doing a lot of the writing. Kendall was kind of uh, going through this. Um, for lack of a better word, a Steve Ray Vaughan phase. And it wasn't it really didn't fit yeah, what yeah. we were doing. So the ideas he brought forth were like, I don't know, we got this idea over here we really like. And so it was kind of, um, you know, I'm not going to say, <clears throat> I don't want to go out and, uh, and say I ran the band, like I said before, but, you know, I was your typical yeah. a, type A personality, you know, and I was very, um, um, <laughs> I mean, Hitler-esque, that's not the right word, but I was, you know, very much... Uh, um, a force to be reckoned with when it came down to what I wanted this band to be like, you know, and I I left that on no uncertain terms. I don't mean that any derogatory to anybody else, and I'm sure they're going to, somebody's going to come up and say, oh, well, it wasn't that way, but I don't mean that in a a bad way. Right. I just mean, you know, you can't have a, a band cannot be a democracy. I don't care what anybody says. If a band's a democracy, you'll never get anything done. Well, I don't like that shirt. I like this shirt. Well, I don't like that. I want this shirt. I like, somebody's got to make a decision and say, look, this is the song we're going to do. You're not going to vote on it because right. it's just not going to happen. So nothing ever gets done. So, you know, it was kind of like there was never any ties. It was kind of like it was, it was a majority, but if there was, if there was a tie, it was kind of like, okay, well, this is what we're going to go. And everybody was fine with that. Yeah. It worked for quite many, many years until, you know, the person that was making the decisions was no longer capable of making decisions anymore because he was completely out of his tree, which would be me. You know, and then it came to the point where, you know, I, I had severely injured myself from poisoning my body so much. My body said, no, stop, you know, burst colon, you know, coma. Yeah, how does that happen? Um, how does your... your steroids, your, um, you know, d- uh, pain pill abuse, you know I mean? You're shutting down your whole digestive tract, yeah. you know what I mean? And, and, you know, just taking mass amounts of drugs and alcohol and... and your body just finally says, "Look, dude, I'm I'm not doing this anymore, and this is what's going to happen to you." And you 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 broke you you fell, and did you have a fall? I had a fall. That way, I I, I shattered my left femur on stage. I finished the show on a stool, lost like three units of blood. They put me in an ambulance, rushed me to the hospital. I did emergency surgery. I lost um, two and a half inches off my left leg. Um, after that, I ruptured my colon on an air on a flight from. 
the East Coast to LAX. I don't remember. That's not a good place to do that. No, and you know, <laughs> nobody in the band would even were even looking at me. They're just thinking, oh, he just wants drugs. He's faking it. They didn't mm-hmm. know what was going on. And you know, yeah. I understand that now. But at the right. time, I was like, God, man, these guys are so uncaring. And you know, <laughs> right. and at that point, they probably really wish I would have died because it would have been a little easier on them. You know, like, she's dead. Forget it. Yeah. So, um, and I mean that, and I don't mean that just sound hostile because I don't, I don't have anything against them. And then, you know. Yeah, it was just it was just the situation. It was the, situation, the way it was going. They didn't, right back to, then. they didn't know how to deal with sure. it. Sure, they didn't know how to. How could we fire Jack? How could we, who's going to do it? Now at that point, are they all on the straight and narrow? Mm. Maybe not mm. as bad as you, but no, everyone's yeah, doing something. You know, I don't know. Okay, I, I don't know what they were doing, right. and that's um, I was not looking for gossip. No, exactly. So. But, I mean, I know I wasn't functioning and, and doing things I should, and I was bringing everybody down. I was canceling tours mm-hmm. because I'd, oh, I'd get ready for, I'm coming back in May. Oh, broke something else, you know what I mean? Falling down drunk. You know, how many times are these guys going to go, yeah, okay, he's coming back. So they, get, they asked if I could get somebody. I said, well, look, why don't you get somebody to replace me? So they asked Jenny Lane. Jenny said they didn't want to do it. So I called Jenny and said, Jenny, do me a favor, man. For me, do it. He goes, okay, I'll do it for you, Jack. And um, so... He so they did, go out, they did go out they, with they Janie? They did go out with Janie, yeah. And it, and it was really, really good. Janie, Janie did a really great job. <clears throat> but, <clears throat> pardon me. Can I get you he, water, Jack? <clears throat> yeah, please. Get that or another, another set of lungs. No. Um, so um, he went out and he did it. And he did a really great job. And, um, you know, then they, um, he didn't want to do that anymore. He was doing something else. And um, they got, uh, they asked me if they could get this um, gentleman, Terry Luce, and from, um, um, XYZ and I wasn't really familiar with the band I knew that the one song they had and I said yeah well sure you know great go ahead and then I never really gave it too much of a thought mm-hmm. except when people weren't returning my phone calls I'm like well oh you know I hadn't spoke to anybody in months and months and months and I'm thinking okay this is kind of weird you know and my manager's going no everything's fine everything's fine you come back we'll just fire everybody if they don't want you back I'm, well yeah okay whatever <laughs> so he's playing both ends against the middle yeah right? So I'm thinking, okay, well, I'm going to get ready. Whenever I'm ready to come back, I'll come back. So I get ready, and I'm saying, okay, I'm ready to come back. And you, are you really ready? Are I'm you, really ready. You're ready to go. It was 2011, December. You're feeling good? I'm ready to go. Okay. So all of a sudden, you know, nobody calls me. So I just say, you know what? You're fired. I put out a post on my Facebook page, told everybody I'm firing the guys because I was the president of the corporation. And Michael Lardy and Adi Desbrill, they were they were hired they were hired by the corporation to play for the band. They weren't okay. actually members of the corporation. They were hired by um, Shark Touring. Okay. So, long story short, they put out this huge thing. You know, he was a vanquished a colossal bag and all this stuff. You know, and it was this horrible back and forth, tete a tete. You know, what I mean, who could hurt each other the most and and say the worst things about each other? It was horrible. Yeah, and these guys are my, my best friends in the world, and, and we've seen a lot of bands do this. <laughs> oh when yeah, the it's lead singer, it's you know, horrible. when the lead singer goes, or when there's a parting of the ways. Mm-hmm. There's always that stuff. So it's just terrible, you know. That I had to go there, um, and I'm as guilty of it as anybody else, you know. what I mean, but the only thing that I was upset by was that nobody had the nerve to call me up and say, "Dude, look, we don't trust you. Mm-hmm. We believe you're going to mess up again. We don't want to risk it. We yeah. don't want you to sing this anymore." I would have said, oh, I had to, what was I going to do? I would have said, I would have had to take it. Yeah. You know, and we could have, I would have said, okay, well, then what are we going to do about the name? Then we would have Because that's important. Well, of course. We, yeah. all, we all had a, a, a Yeah, a tie, you, you, you know. have financial stake in that yeah. name. Everyone does. <clears throat> you know, and 
there was one point where you know I had walked away. I had, I had broken up the band. I said, "That's it. There's no yeah. more Great White. This is our farewell show. We did an album called Thank You Goodnight, the farewell concert." Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden it was like, "Well, no, it's our band now, and you don't have any right to the name." I was like, "Okay, well, clearly is we all hard, have. Is, clearly is it, we all have something." Is it hard to, do, to do that show when you know that no one's talking really? Oh no! That this was the the uh, the farewell, the thank you, good night show. That was prior. That was that prior. Was like, okay. That was okay. before I went on my. I'm soul just getting my timeline straight. Yeah, 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 okay. Yeah. I'm cool. sorry, I'm a little confusing, but no, no, no. That was a little. Um, that was before, and um, that was before. That was 2001. Okay. Going that's way before. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's way before. So, <clears throat> anyway, so this all happened in 2011, and it was December 11th or uh, December something. It was after my. It was after my birthday, and. Um, so come to find out that they had filed for the trademark on December 6th, the day after my birthday. And I didn't know about it until after I had made the post that I was starting a new Great White, yada, yeah. yada, yada. But they had gone behind my back and filed for the trademark without me. So, you know, one thing led to another. And, and you know, we're all guilty of, of not being the greatest human beings at the time, mm -hmm. you know. And, and I'm not trying to make them sound... I know it may sound like that to people out there, but I'm not trying to dig at the guys. I'm, I'm just telling you what happened from my perspective. I, I think you sound like you're being totally honest. I, I don't think you're shitting on anyone or well, bad-mouthing anyone. To. You're no, not. I'm not trying to. You're they, certainly they not. They did what they needed to do, sure. and I would have done the same freaking thing if it was been me. And currently, know, and I have done. Yeah, and currently, know? they're out as Great White, and you're out as Jack Russell's Great exactly. White. And we're all making, we're all having yeah. fun. I'm, I assume they're happy. I'm happy, yeah. you know, and I wish them nothing but the best. You know, I really do. I, I they, they're making great music. They got a great singer. You know, they're all great players. And you know, we had our we had a wonderful time together. You know, we spent God most of our lives together. Your formative you know? years. Yeah, yeah. You sure. broke into the business together. Yeah, I have nothing but fond memories. You know what I mean? Um, except for you know when I started taking a, a dive. But, you know, that was my decision, and, you know, I, I paid for it, you know, in, in a lot of ways, yeah. you know, physically and, um, and um, you know, emotionally. But right now I'm on the path I'm supposed to be on, and I feel really good about my life, and um, my health is in, I'm in great shape. Um, I'm down to a buck fifty, yeehaw, <laughs> you know, which is the perfect way for me. So um, I exercise a lot. I eat good. I have a wonderful relationship. Uh, I got a great band. I'm writing great music, and um, got a lot of great stuff happening. You know. All got, right. Uh, well, that that brings us. We're coming right back then to the newest album. He saw it coming. Kyle I did. Let, let's. That's right. <laughs> let's hear a little bit of "Blame It on the Night." Feel his dark 
does the record industry work in 2017, 18 for a veteran artist? Do you record the album and then shop it around or do you get signed by it? This is on Frontiers Records, I think. Yeah, no, we had the deal before we do it and did the record. Okay, that's um, cool. Um, normally, I think it would, I don't know. I mean, for, I've never had that issue. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, fortunately, uh, I think, you know, people look at me and they think, okay, well, going on my past merits, you know, they say, okay, well, we're pretty sure he's come out with something that's worth, you know, reproducing, or at least I yeah. hope that. So we didn't make any demos or anything like that. Um, nor did we for our, our new our new record label, Cleopatra, um, which we're putting out. They just released Shelter Me, which, as I said, was my first solo album yeah. released in 96. That was only in Japan. Now they've released it in the States, and they're going to release re-release For You. And uh, they're releasing an album called uh, Once Bitten Acoustical Bites, <clears throat> pardon me, which is... Um, an acoustic version of the Once Bitten album. Oh, nice! You know, it's a whole, it's an album in its entirety recorded acoustically, um, you know, or unplugged, as you would say. That's it's cool, not, and it's really cool. I mean, I it's actually it came out far better than I thought it was going to. There was songs I was going, "How are we going to do this song?" You know, unplugged, living on the edge. I mean, how's that going to work? And it, yeah, some of them, the songs I thought were going to be like just weren't going to work were some of the most amazing tracks. Like God, there's a like. Uh, was it um, Never Change Heart? That song is just is frighteningly good. I just love this record. The, the, the rendition I did of Save Your Love is just so far from the original. Because yeah. I had recorded on, I recorded it again. And when can we hear that? When's that coming out? <clears throat> That'll be out, um, should be out in the fall. All right. Because we're just finishing up the, 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 the backgrounds right mm -hmm. now. And we've taken our time with it. Because, you know, you're going to do a record, you're redoing an album that's a classic, classic. you know, our yeah. first platinum album. And you've got to do it, you know, it's got to be really good, yeah. you know. And I wanted to make sure that the vocals were right on. I didn't want to do exact copies of what I did before, but I wanted to keep that same, you know, same vibe mm. and same feel and same youthful exuberance, you know, yeah. and that same um, um, angst that I had when I was doing that album. Yeah. And it really came across. And just more mature I'm, I'm a better singer than yeah. I was then I mean, I'm a better singer here's a question about publishing and stuff like that because um, there are so many great white best of packages <laughs> that, and I'm sure I'm sure they're not calling you up and saying do you mind if we, no, if we do this no. are, do you do you are you are you getting your due monetarily from those type of things no I, I really don't even know there's so many um, there's a ton it's there, ridiculous there, you know there, I didn't even I can't even go there. The best of, the greatest, the definitive. Yeah, yeah the most, surely the most incredible is best of you ever, the best of the best of the best of the best, of, you know, times infinity plus one. Yeah. You know, I, I, at this point, I, I, every once in a while I look up and see, oh, we got a new album out. Hmm. When mm. put, I didn't even bother looking at it. You know I mean? It's just like, here we go again. Oh, I'm so sorry. That's okay. This is live, folks. This is live. No, this is scripted. <laughs> Your wife's calling. <laughs> what, uh, uh, honey? I'll be home in a while. Okay, I'm doing an interview. I got a couple more songs from He Saw It Coming. Uh, let's hear "Love Don't Live Here." Oh, I love this song. Thank you. <clears throat> hey, baby, where you been? I've been spinning again, and I haven't seen you for a while. Have you been hanging around on the other side of town? Down. But now here you come running back All the stories you deny But I 
Jack, I put it out to our listeners if they had a question for Jack uh, to to email it to me. And most of the questions were one were things that I was going to cover anyway. But I, I got one here that I, I I don't even know what this is. So this is going to be interesting. <laughs> it, it's from a listener, uh, Demas Banuelos. I might be saying that wrong. Probably am. Probably are. Yes. It says, hopefully I'm not too late, but I've always wondered what's the story behind Wasted Rock Ranger. <laughs> Storm my life, man. <laughs> I, I was, we were talking about it earlier um, when Guns N' Roses were doing the Appetite record, um, Slash. We used to hang out, me, Slash, and Duff, and, um, and um, Steven Adler we used to hang out all the time. To the point we even had a, a cocktail we invented. It was called a White Rose. <laughs> it was like, I forget what was in it, but it was terrifying and horrible. Um, and um, we were hanging down at Rumble, and um, they said, dude, you gotta hear the song. This is the story of your life, dude. So this, they had a band, this guy called Porky and the Answers. And they played the song for you, and I'm just going, oh my God, that is so hysterical. That is my life story. So I told the band, I go, we gotta record the song. We gotta record it. They go, okay, man, we'll record it. So we went and recorded the song, and it was uh, on the B side of One Spit and Twice Shy single, if I'm correct. And it was also on the European version of Twice Shy. Wow. And it was uh, totally blacklisted. I mean, the song was like, you know, it, it, it was like, you wouldn't play it on the radio, put it that way. But it was, we do it live every once in a while just for fun. But um, yeah, that was my life at that time. Mm. For, well, many, many years of my life, you know. It's like the, kind of summed it up on the new album, uh, My Addiction. You know, that was... Uh, the future of that song. Well, Demas knows knows his uh, great white. He also mm-hmm. added, "Love playing that song for the unsuspecting." <laughs> <laughs> let's hear. Uh, let's hear one more from uh, He Saw It Coming, and then we'll do some promotion, and then we'll 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 get Jack out of here. But Jack, uh, I'm going to thank you right now. Oh, I'm not pleasure. going to forget. But this was fantastic. Great thank conversation. You. Thank you. You too. I, I, Wonderful yeah, hope, to meet you. Hope not to bore you. Know, no. Not not boring. I, I appreciate at it. all. Thank you. I mean, I, anytime, I'd love to be on here. You guys do a great show, and and, and I enjoy the, uh, you know, and some intelligent questions. A lot of times, you don't get that. Thank you. We we try to we try to ask what a fan might want to know, but you know, and because that's how I appreciate. That's just how I like to do it. Uh, let's hear uh, my addiction.
want to give out uh, another shout out to Robbie Lochner. Robbie Lochner, yep. He helped, uh, he, well, not helped, he set this up. Yeah. So thank you, Robbie. And he's in your band. He's my guitarist, my co-writer, my best friend. Yeah, he's, uh, he's, my, he's my everything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jack, where, where can we, you're on Twitter? Uh, actually, yeah, we're on Twitter. Um, Jack Russell's uh, Great White Facebook. Um, uh, Jack's Great White. Oh, God, I remember our own website. Go on Facebook. Okay, you'll find us there. <laughs> we, sh- we shut down. A, we, had to, we had to shut down a Facebook page because of our last manager. I know we opened another one, but I can't remember the name mm-hmm. of it. We'll find it. We'll, and I'll I'm make not, sure I'm not one of those internet guys. I mean, right. I, I just found, figured out how to text the other day. I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. Well, on Twitter, you're, you're <laughs> at Jack's Great White. That's where it is. Okay. So find, you can find Jack on Twitter. And, um, and the website is Jack Russell's Great White Band. Band.com. That's right. That's mm-hmm. Jack Russell's Great White Band.com. That's where Jack the tour Russell's dates Great are. White that's Band. where everything you know or need to know about Jack Russell is going to be there. Everything that I don't know, you can find <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Matter of fact, I'll log in there and check it out. Now, for us, uh, we're at Rock Solid Show. I'm at Pat underscore Francis. Kyle is at Kyle Dotson Fronty. Uh, for our Patreon subscribers, I want you to know that Jack signed five CDs and an LP for us, and we'll be giving those away very soon. So uh, everyone who's a $2 Patreon subscriber, you will have a chance to win those. Four CDs? Will, actually, I'm going to send you Four some. Four CDs. Uh, I'm going to send you some uh, Shelter Me records for you, too. Oh, that'd so, be fantastic. Yeah. All right, great. I'll, uh, I'll give you a, I'll, I'll send Robbie the address. Actually, just, yeah, Rob, because Robbie has all this stuff, so I'll just tell him. Yeah, Excellent. Shoot I, you I, off, I appreciate so. that. I'll sign them for you and then get them off oh, to you. Oh, terrific. Um, I might keep one of those for myself, Jack. There you go. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're going to play the playout song. It, you know what it's going to be, right? Once been, twice. Oh, well. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> I didn't want to say it, but you know. <laughs> we kind of we have I, to. I, 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 I always I make fun of that song, but man, thank God. You know, what a great tune. And, yeah. and it's just, it, it, God, we sold a lot of records. I mean, we sold over 800,000 yeah. 45s. Yeah, I bet who, he... I, who uh, bought 800,000? Who buys 800,000? You made Ian 45s. Hunter very happy. Oh, yeah, really happy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jack Russell, thank you so thank much. Thank you very much. Thank, thank you, Kyle. Thank you, Kyle. Thanks, Jack. <laughs>